Good morning and welcome to Being the Change Now. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Ashwini. So we have a new assignment this week. A Zen master, Ryokin, lived a life of simplicity in his hut near the mountains. When he was away one night, a thief broke in only to find nothing worth stealing. Just then, Ryokin returned. You have traveled far to visit me, he told the burglar. I cannot let you return empty-handed. Here are my clothes. Please accept them as my gift. The baffled thief took the clothes and vanished. Naked now, the master gazed at the moon. Poor man, he sighed. How I wish I could give him this glorious moon. True nature is unfailingly generous. If you are all that is, how can you not be? If everything is yours to offer and everything is yours to receive, then giving and receiving are not transactions of inequality with lack on one side and possession on the other. Rather, generosity is a continuous flow of expression and receptivity. All is freely offered and all is freely accepted as the joy of intelligence knowing itself in give and take. The moon gives away its glorious light. The stargazer lily its exotic fragrance. The meadowlark its song. The cool breeze its delicious softness. The blackberry its tangy fruit. Nothing in life is miserly. Mine doesn't exist in existence. Ownership is only a construct of conditioned mind. In ego's world, everything is a transaction of dissatisfaction, desire-seeking fulfillment, and perpetuating deprivation. This week, we practice noticing life's generosity. Notice the many ways that life offers as you, through you, and around you. Notice when you experience stewardship rather than ownership. Notice when you give from a sense of wholeness. Notice what you offer freely. Notice when you're ryokin, so fulfilled that you can give away the moon itself. And since identification is inevitable, notice when you're the thief, acquisitive, deprived, and primed to steal what is already yours. Notice if, like the thief, you experience bewilderment at encountering life's willingness to give you everything without asking. Once again, we're paying attention. No change in thought, emotion, or behavior is required. As always, support and listen. Wow. Here we go, huh? Here we go. This is our first caller. You're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Debbie from Minnesota. Hello, Debbie. What are you saying? Oh, I'm so happy to speak to you. Um, well, I see that. I think it's totally true. And I... I I really think it's true. And what just dropped in for me now, I mean, it, I, I, I am feeling it very poignantly in my own life. And mm. I see it all the time. Um, mm. And I feel very, very fortunate. But I, what, what's, what's dropping in right now is just like thinking about times where things are very hard, where they're not going uh, according to quote-unquote ego's plan. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about like certain friends and there's a number of people who are struggling with some very hard stuff around me. And um, mm-hmm. it's those moments where um, like it, it, it takes faith to, to feel that, to see that when mm-hmm. people have the rug pulled out from underneath them. Um, mm-hmm. 
So anyway, I thought maybe you could speak to that. Well, well I, I would like to ask you about that, if I may. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, clearly, you know that experience. You, you oh, yeah. experienced it deeply, um, and I project suffered over it mightily. What, what, what did you want or need in those times? Well, I think I had an idea in mind of what I needed, and and um, <clears throat> that's a good question. You, I am going well, yeah. well going back and forth be, between like times where my idea of what I need is not being met versus when my idea of what I need is being met, and they're both just ideas. Uh huh. But. Uh, what I uh, under, underneath that, what what did you in, in those times? What what's helpful to you? What's helpful? Did you say? Yeah, yeah. What's what's helpful? Oh, connection with people, connection with nature, connection with um, meditation and yoga. My body has always been a yeah. the conduit. Um, so so there was there was that. Right. Well, let let's if let me let me project this and see if this works for you. If we if we narrowed all boiled all of that down to one thing, I'm going to suggest it's love. Yeah. Yeah. You you want you want to know that you're loved. Yes. Mhm. And so I guess when I'm looking around right now and I see someone losing or more than one someone losing someone that they love, um, I just, um, what's coming to mind for me is those times where I've listened to the radio show and, or open air and, and you're talking to someone about that the love is there regardless of that person, like that it's, That's you right. know, so... That's Okay, <laughs> that boils yeah. it all down, and, and that and that basically, um, your love can help a person be in touch with love, which helps them be in touch with the love that they are, that they feel. They, you know, we're trained to say felt, but they still feel whether that person is physically present with them or not, and so they're that conduit, the love, the love that then can flow into whatever form, whatever, whatever, meet whatever is the need. Mm. That's helpful. Good. Good. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Jerry, uh, that to me that brings that uh, the the love that is always there. It is the glorious moon and the exotic stargazer lily because it's always there and it's always freely yeah. offered. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's just it, it's really our conditioning that says, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, that says when I can physically experience the form, the love is there. But as we pay closer attention, we realize, well, that's not true. 
Because someone mm-hmm. can be distant from us, but mm-hmm. in our minds we say, yes, but they're still in physical form, so I can love them just as much. I may not have seen them for decades, but I can love them just mm-hmm. as much. But as soon as I find out they are, in quote, dead, they're no longer in that physical form, then something has happened to the love. Now they're gone. But I didn't love that physical form. I loved mm-hmm. what I loved the love inside that physical form or animating that mm-hmm. physical form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I was also seeing, right, Jerry, in light of the story that uh, the Ryokan story, it, it's the, the, that uh, the, the belief that we're deprived of it is also our conditioning, right? That yes. it's not there whenever I need it. And yes. actually, that is so not true. It's always it there. So it's whether true. I'm That's there right. or not, right? And then That's the whole right. of our practice is to be, uh, is to find the places where the receptivity is lacking to receive it in all places and all times. Yes. And what we're doing in practice is seeing those places where, where we're blocked, recognizing mm-hmm. them for what they are, blocks, mm-hmm. not some yes. sort of truth or reality. We, we're learning how to remove the blocks. That's what we're practicing. And then everything floats. Mm-hmm. It come, comes back to our favorite Rumi quote, right? The barriers of love. Yes. Barriers we're to removing love. the barriers to love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's our next caller. You're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Lori in Northern California. Hey, Lori. What are you saying? Uh, you know what just, <clears throat> what just dropped in when I was listening to you and Sherry and the first caller is something that I knew from years ago, and I don't know if this is still true, but apparently in Christian science churches there's a statement on the wall that says divine love Always, uh, divine love always has and always will meet every human need, and I've always, I've always loved that. I've, that's always been in the back of my mind, and it just, it just feels like it fits here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just thought yeah. It. It, it, and in some ways, right, Laurie, what we're what we're translating that to is it's not an ex, it, it it's not I, I project it's not how conditioning might define love, but how life defines love. And because that love is what we are, we don't seek it outside of ourselves. That's why it fulfills it all the time, because it's sought from a state of wholeness. It is a state of wholeness. It's not, it's not something that, that fulfills a, a need. A need doesn't get fulfilled from the outside. But it is that experience of wholeness that nothing is missing. That's why it fulfills every need. Yeah, and that um, somehow that I, the statement in in what you read earlier about uh, mine doesn't exist. I just mm-hmm. it's so like conditioning cannot even comprehend that, <laughs> and I just love just. You know, keeping that in mind, it just doesn't feel like that. How that doesn't that can't be right. But it that's uh, right because it does exist in conditioned mind, right? So it doesn't the con the notion that mind doesn't exist 
doesn't exist. Because all, all conditioning is, is me, I, me, mine. I mean, that's its whole program. So within that, the notion that those three things conceptually doesn't exist is true. It doesn't. <laughs> you have to step out of that in order to really go around and go, you know, the oak tree doesn't say this water belongs to me or it, that, 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 that notion is not anywhere except in conditioned mind. And that it's so, um, one experience that I had recently of, of life being generous was I was house-sitting um, in the South Bay area, and my iPhone battery died. And just coincidentally, it died when I was close to the one store in the whole area that still carries batteries for my old iPhone. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, this is... How odd, but how perfect that the phone would die mm-hmm. when I happen to be in the area where I never am anymore. And it just, so I was able to get a battery and my phone works again. And if it had died up here, it would have been another story. So it's just, um, it just, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment that it died, it felt like a bad thing. But in the big picture, I thought, well, what perfect timing. That's, I was exactly uh-huh. where I needed yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is sort of the paradox of life generosity, right, Laurie? Because we might not understand it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't generous, right? And the generosity could be the giving of something or the withholding of something, but the gift is always there. It's the same thing. Can I perceive it as a gift or not? So in this case, the battery dies and you're right there, for, for you to get, get the battery where if you were somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to get it. And if it had happened where you were, there would have been some other gift in the whole process because the gift is not tied to the content. The gift is in being able to see what is being offered. Yeah, so whatever is that. not preventing yeah. me from seeing it is what is the gift, because when I let that go, I receive it, right? Yeah, it's so, it's so um, I want to say tempting, seductive. It's so, I'm so likely to focus on the content that yes. it just... Well, um, that, yes, exactly. Well, that's deep, deeply ingrained orientation of conditioned mind, right? So it's a gift because it got solved in the way that works for me. And so then when it doesn't get solved in a way that works for me, I don't, I'm not able to see the gift. I'm only able to see what's wrong. But when we step outside of the content, we're always looking for life's generosity. It's always there. And even in this picture, um, listening to you, what I, what, what, um, what I noticed was conditioning wanted to make me it, – it, it, it elicited fear because, oh, my gosh, what if it had died when I was up here where there is no battery? Oh, no, then it, it would have been horrible, and I just mm-hmm. barely lucked out, and I should, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. this could have been horrible. And, but mm-hmm. what you said about something, you know, it, would have, it, it somehow would have worked itself out no matter where I was. Right, because the gift that you receive in that process when you experience it working, working itself out is the trust in life, that the love is always there. Your iPhone battery might not be, but, your, but the love is. Yeah, yeah, that's so. And that's, I mean, that's what I, that's underneath everything else. That's what I long for anyway, not all the other That's stuff. exactly right, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Laurie. Gosh, oh. You know, you know that's, so, uh, that's so wonderful to, to consider. Uh, when we look back on our lives, there's not a single person in this practice and in a lot of other practices who doesn't look at their life and, and isn't able to see all of the times that I came up against something and it was awful and it was a tragedy and it was horrible and I hated it and I lived through it and I grew and I changed and I was different and I would not, I would not go back to being the person I was before that experience for anything, anything. Yeah. And we've all had, depending on our age, <laughs> hundreds mm-hmm. or thousands of those. Yeah. Right? And yet, as, as you two were pointing out, uh, conditioned mind is never going to learn that because it doesn't want to learn that. It wants to keep the world divided up into good and bad, right and wrong, this is working for me, this isn't working for me, oh, that's wonderful, oh, that's a tragedy, I mean mine. It's so limited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think that's why that, that, Go ahead, sir. No, no, no. Oh, just this, I was just referring back to the story, right? And Wilkin says, I wish I could give, give the thief the glorious moon. It's such a, yes. it's so tangibly the truth of what is so. Well, and, and the beauty of Ryokin is realizing I, I could give the thief that moon and it wouldn't take a yeah. thing away from me. In fact, it would add. It yeah. would add to me because then I could have the joy of realizing that, that that thief had had the same, this same wonderful experience that I have when I look at the moon. That's exactly right. There's just, there's just no, we just can't lose. Uh, yes, when, when that talking. really is it. There's nothing to yeah. lose. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh, good morning. Could I give you the moon? Marianne. Yes, well, you just did, Marianne. <laughs> I have received the moon so many times, and I freely offer it to everyone. <laughs> to all beings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what I was noticing is it's easy to notice how I am supported in by nature, natural things. But mm-hmm. I had this experience um, the other day where I went, oh, I am supported by the road. I'm supported by the infrastructure under the road. You know, all the pipes that are going for electricity Mm -hmm. and cable and taking water away and bringing it and so that all that even the built environment is a gift I mean especially when we live in North America like we have abundance of of built gift (laughs) yes oh oh absolutely and and how deeply the, the conditioning has to be for us to be able to ignore that. Yeah, we don't see it. Don't see it. Don't think that. So, you know, when we kid about, it, you know, if, 
if you and I got up this morning and everybody could join us, right, and we just started listing, just going from thing to thing to thing to thing, saying thank you for them, that we would just become completely overwhelmed. There's just, there's no way that we could do it. We could not keep up with, with the list, the ever-expanding list in every direction of things that we would actually, when we stopped and considered it, want to say thank you for. Just impossible. And, of course, ego doesn't even try. <laughs> ego just has us ignore everything and focus on, yeah, but that pipe broke. That's why my life stinks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or there's a pandemic and, you know, the, the airline system is not functioning the way I want it or something like that. It just seems like yeah. there's all these... There's transportation, there's banking, there's uh, oh. uh, just all sorts of systems that are we have supporting us that are just, uh, well. Well, you know, the best joke about that, Marianne, is the one where uh, the guy is at 37,000 feet flying from coast to coast uh, and in a complete state because the internet is down on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. Like, there we are. We can yeah. all relate, can't we? All yeah. the communication systems. So, you know, there's, it, I, when, I, this, when this occurred to me, because I had bought some polyfill to fix the crack, and there was about 15 different kinds that I could have purchased. And I my gosh, you know, it's just like, I am overwhelmed with all of the abundance. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And if we live in that, then we will get close to reopen. Now, the thing, of course, that we, that we can stop and, and uh, consider is reopen lived in a little hut. He had obviously one little outfit, right? It's probably a begging bowl. And that was it. And he was happy enough and generous enough that he could wish for a thief to experience his joy at seeing the moon. Now, here we are, surrounded by every kind of convenience and ease and comfort and, right, and griping and complaining all day long when we are identified with ego. Just the victim of the world because of some imaginary little something that's going on that I'm attending to in conditioned time. It's really that's quite remarkable. Up to our eyeballs and blessings, and we yes. can't see them. <laughs> and we can't see them. Yeah. We can, and, though, can't we? That's what practice is all about. We can. We can absolutely see them. It's just a little shift of attention. Well, and it's like hearing Ash when you read the story, and how that you know is there something that goes directly into the heart, and you know, oh, this is true. I know that moon. I would yes. gladly give it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If it would give somebody who is clearly suffering, people who steal from other people are not happy people. 
Yeah. So it, it, there is, if there's a moment of happiness that can be given to someone who's suffering, why would we not want to do that when the happiness is already out? Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I just kind of feel speechless about the whole thing. <laughs> oh, let's, let's go ahead and be speechless then. What the heck? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Marianne. Bye. Bye. Oh. Well, I'm a bit speechless too, but I'll bring on the next caller. Your next caller. <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe yeah. they'll be less than speechless. All right, good. All right, next caller, you're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Good morning, Shwini. Good morning, Sherry. This is Chris from North Carolina. Hey, Chris. Howdy. I'm speechless too, just really enjoying the expanded awareness with all of what's been said. So quite grand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been looking at stewardship <clears throat> and uh, uh, a couple of things. One was how uh, it, it's kind of like everything. So, so conditioning kind of hears about the or there's an awareness about stewardship and what that concept is. And then conditioning just comes in with an alternative definition, right? Well, you know, it's still mine, but now I just need to be kind to whatever it is I'm stewarding. Right? <laughs> so, uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. it's like being defeat from the jaws of victory there, as usual with conditioning, right? And um, so, so there's that part of it. And then just moving to that place of how radical it is, you know, the way that, that you all have been talking about this morning, that there is no mind in any of it. And then uh, noticing, like, uh, with my, you know, any relationship, so a relationship with, uh, with my daughter and how, uh, looking at how I steward that relationship um, and then also just being aware of how she is stewarding the relationship too. And I think for me, there's that piece of uh, not not real previously realizing that stewardship uh, I don't want to say requires, but includes that receiving part of it. That uh, you know, conditioning just wants it to be one or the other. Uh, you know, it's either I'm giving or I'm I'm taking. But both of those together uh, in stewardship seems to to be that that radical part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, both those insights sort of go together in some way, right, Chris? Which is that that what we when we're offered something like look at stewardship versus ownership, we really want to look at it because if we don't look at it, then what we are buying into in terms of stewardship is a preconceived notion of what it is that has yep. that is unexamined. And when we examine it, we realize that we have some beliefs and assumptions around it, and it's been given to us in a certain way and we operate from that ignorance as opposed to when we really look at it we could see how the how the the label has been taken over by our conditioned notion around it right and so one of the one of those things that is being examined is in this relationship with your daughter where yeah this is your daughter within quotes so there's a there's an implicit mind but not really and if you look at it from the perspective of stewardship it broadens the definition to be something that is reciprocal, not uh, just one way, which is what, which is how it has been defined for you before, and that the, the that the way that it that it's not yours is that it it's 
it, it goes in both directions. Yeah, exactly. So it's hers too. It's hers too, and therefore, therefore, that goes from the I, me, mine, you, yours, other to ours. It becomes inclusive. Exactly. It kicks out the I, me, mine. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and uh, and service feels like the same thing. Um, that I know the uh, the expression. Uh, it's not service if if both aren't served. Uh, it feels it has that same feeling to it, um, yes. and again, just expanded awareness that comes along with it is is always a treat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it is absolutely that service is not just about me giving to you, right? Because it then goes yeah. back to that inequality of thief and uh, uh, enlightened, or whatever the whatever yeah. the, yeah. the parties yeah. are defined as, right? That the definition of of exchange. Uh, of an unequal exchange rather than that place of I'm the revolving door through which life gives and receives. This moment I might be the open door from, through which something flows and then the open door through which something is received. And that place of everything is included in that definition of service. Yeah. Everybody is served. Yeah. Yep. It just yeah. takes the, again, takes the I, me, mind out of it, that the sense of I serve or I am served or the I at the center of the equation, when that dissolves, it becomes an all immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And then with that all comes the joy that's with it, right? The, yeah. You know. Well, and the expanded awareness that you just pointed to, because all is expanded yeah. to include everything as opposed to just me. Yeah, and then it seems like life just goes from one stewardship opportunity to another. I mean, I'm just on the planet and stewarding everything in sight, right? And stewarding life, basically, exactly. life stewarding life. And, uh, including, including, in this case, me, in that sense of life, right? Not even. Yeah, yeah. that's right. This being, yeah, yeah. This being, yeah. And the image was one of, uh, uh, like, a, a lake with raindrops falling on it. And each raindrop is falling, and then there's these concentric circles and they're all kind of intermixing with each other. All of those concentric circles are growing, and there's new ones starting, and, you know, just kind of along those lines. Oh, that's what, what a lovely image. It, as you said, Chris, it's grand. It's grand indeed, yeah. All right, thank you, Ashwini. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Wow. I know we're at time. Aren't we at time? We are at time. But yes. th- those those were some fabulous images, weren't they? The uh, I, this this human being, uh, is a, a, a revolving door through which life gives and receives. I think I think I butchered it a little, but that was kind of the. And then those well, it was borrowed from you, Sherry. So, uh, well, those raindrops falling on mm-hmm. a lake. Uh, and the concentric circles, and oh my gosh, wow! Well, and and, and, right. and for me to complete that image, right, Terry, that water that falls from the as raindrops on those concentric circles, and those concentric circles that basically sublimate themselves at, in in the water that gets absorbed to go back to the clouds to produce the raindrops. I mean, it's such yes. a, there's no separation. Yeah. That's right, and that's us. That is yeah. that is pretty darn exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ryokin. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Cherry. Go happy.
Joe happy. 